I am so grateful. Heart and soul family, allow me just to say out loud, we got a good thing going on here. As the, as the very heart of heart and soul, the very structure, the aspiration, the intention, and the way that we put our attention on our intention. Y'all, we got a good thing going on right here. And our an aspect, a, a central piece of all the good stuff that we have going on here is certainly our summer school. This 2021 virtual summer school is our 12th summer school session. And I want you to know that this coming Wednesday is our final session, and it's not too late for you to join. In fact, I'm going to invite you, and then I'm going to nudge you a little bit to insist upon you being there if it's at all possible. And here's why. Our focus is on trust. We are at a point right now where well, I don't know quite where we are, frankly. I, I know we are honing, we are open to, we are available to, we are in open to receive a new normal. Now, I know some of y'all think you know what it is. I hadn't planned to, my goal in arriving here today was to not tell you you don't really know. But I feel like I need to say you don't really know. Our work is to be prepared. Our work is to prepare the vessel of your beingness, your soul, your mind, your body, so that it can be in whatever it is. And what I know for sure is that you as an individual and we as a collective dynamic body have a responsibility to prepare ourselves for what's the never this new normal will be. Because part of what must happen is we are called to set the new normal. Now, we don't set it from knowing a year ago what it ought to be. We set it from living in the divine availability of whatever it is, I can work with this. Whatever it is, I was created for such a time as this, for such an opportunity. It's not to banish whatever you see coming. <laughs> it's to know that if you drop into the divine guidance, if you're willing to trust the one that brung you, that you will have what you already have. It will be revealed to you exactly what's required in order to move through and in these times. <laughs> I need you to be here. I need you to be present. And I don't mean here in the building. I mean here, present and accounted for available for truth teaching available for for another level of understanding you know my work is to not be the smartest one in the room my work is to be available to the divine <laughs> so i often often and i've i've done my best to share this with you before that 
my work, I certainly do a tremendous amount. Well, I do some preparation, whatever, however we'd weigh it. I do some preparation because I'm that girl. What Spirit has taught me, though, or what I have learned <laughs> through bouncing along the road to get here, is to not be attached to my preparation. That my preparation, I have come to tell me, was specifically to get me out of the divine's way. It was so that I could relax and know that I had something. I got plenty notes. And I got it all, it's all laid out up here. At some point, we may have, have cameras. Oh, Lord, no. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I just, I just realized what I was envisioning, and I just stopped that right there. So, uh, anyhow, suffice it to say, trust me. When I tell you that I got plenty notes here and this isn't all of them, when I finish this, I'm going to go get some more. And the truth is, I don't have any idea how many of them I'm going to get to refer to because I am willing to be and do whatever is required in order for me to fulfill my purpose this day. And somehow I'm guided to say that I need you to hear my purpose because my design, my personal, my individual design for my life doesn't include this. It does not include putting my personality on mic in this vulnerable, intimate way where I don't really know what's next necessarily. This is not my picture for my life, but it is the picture for my life, and so I've got mine out the way so I can be present to this one. I don't understand why. I'm not even asking why me. It's a, anyhow, trust. Look at here. Last week, if you were here, you know we, we popped in for a moment on Matthew 4 and 17 where where scripture offers us, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven. The day of the Lord, depending upon the translation, is at hand, meaning it's present. So look, this word repent, I shared with you last week, we often, those of us who studied some Latin root words, might, I came away believing it meant rethink. And that's a powerful twist on it right there. I just have to say, giving myself credit. To rethink an idea. So, so I've, I have made up that it means this, or I was trained this way, I was raised this way, I studied, and what, what I was given was that this is what it is. But now, because I have a new consciousness, I'm guided to repent, to rethink it. And then I learned it ain't that at all. Because it's not drawing from the Latin, it's drawing from the Greek metanoia. And that means to go beyond. It means go beyond your own thinking. Go beyond, go, in fact, go into the divine mind. Be willing to listen, to know, to hear, to discern, to glean. And much like I thought, thought it meant in repent to rethink, it does mean ultimately you're going to have to shift your thinking. I'm going to invite you to the class we're starting 
in September 23rd, change your thinking, change your life, because that's exactly what we're talking about here. It's changing your thinking in a way that you can, that you have access to the truth. If you don't do this, you cannot and will not perceive the truth. And instead, you will, as we have done individually and collectively, erroneously labeled whatever happened as the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. And then in a decade, you're like, oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you that that happened. But it's because you trained yourself to trust and to see beyond your own limited thinking, which is largely based on the past. So we're forever, not in a Sankofa kind of way, we're just forever reaching back there, grabbing something, and late putting that label on the present circumstance. This, I'm not even giving y'all no examples, because why? We're already in the eddy of our being and our thinking. Where we just, we just are stuck in this repetitive notion of what is and what ain't. Look at here. The master teacher, Yeshua, taught that God is present everywhere. Therefore, now look at here. We, we, we are fond of saying God is all there is. And then we are masters at listing all thank God. <laughs> masters at it. That, oh, no, not that situation, because that's not what I wanted. And this is the opportunity for us to get clear that God is not the stuff you like. God is not just the stuff you want. It's either all God. Well, no, there is no either. It's all God. And so... Our, our opportunity is to have a different sense, a different relationship with what is. The master teacher taught that there are spiritual laws which through faith can transform our lives. <laughs> this is why, this is why some scriptural study is valuable. Not just memorizing passages, and I'm not mad at you if that's your stroke. I just need you to go deeper. I'm, I'm inviting you to have a clearer understanding around what that is you're quoting and how it applies to your life. Just an idea. He also taught that there is a law of good that operates on everything and governs everything. I'm sharing this with you because my hope is that something will inspire you to line your thinking up with the teaching of the master teacher. I mean, I'm just an idea. Okay. Operates on our thoughts and the way we think them. He also taught us to listen to divine presence, to discern love, to hear the truth, to access wisdom and beauty. He taught that it is done unto you as you believe, and that this is according to our conviction. He taught that a change in thought and belief is required, hear me now, for healing, and it produces change. 
Hence, change your thinking, change your life. He taught that the power of God is activated by and through our belief. That's why this notion of it is done unto you as you believe is, is true. And most of us can get a sense of this. What I'm hoping for is that our senses, see, we, we get it when we like it. We get it when it's working out the way we like. We're like, oh, yes, see, it's done unto me as I believe. I believe that. And then when, the, when your life and world unfolds in ways that you don't like and don't understand, you want that to be some other entity, some other power who has usurped your belief. I'm just saying. He taught that the law acts on your behalf. And that when you know that, you use it affirmatively. Because we know it on some, there are pieces of it that we get, but we can tell because we're not using it affirmatively. When you catch yourself sometimes, and you say something, and, and if, you're, if you're with folks who are on the path as well, and they are working on updating their own thinking and belief system, sometimes all they can do is look at you like, what? Weren't we just in prayer? Weren't we just in the devotional? Weren't we just affirming our good? How do you now immediately turn from that but we see it when you understand Scripture, you see those examples. And, and I'm gonna, I want to play with a little bit of that right now, as a matter of fact. I want us to, to uh, we're going to play with John 6, those first 13 verses, essentially. Um, and what, we wanna, what I want to do with this is I want to share with you from the metaphysical meaning. So I'm drawing largely and great, uh, I'm drawing for my talk information from the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, which is a unity work by Charles and Myrtle Fillmore from, I'm not even, I don't even remember, but <laughs> somebody in the room is saying 100 years ago, not quite. <laughs> Just know that it's, it's, um, know that it's an older work. When it was published, does not matter. Don't get busy in the chat trying to clarify that. Of all the things I need you to put in the chat, that ain't it. What I'm looking for is your own testimony. What I'm always looking for in the chat from you is your own engagement, your willingness to get in the pool with us your willingness to see something more, to get in here. So here's the thing, that miracles are events that take place as the result of our application of a higher law to a current circumstance. So when you have a situation, and we see this in, in the Bible and frankly in fairy tales and mythology and all of the ways that humans tell stories that are life-affirming and transforming, we always see that there is an urgent need, an urgent need. And they go to some uh, expense and energy 
to detail what the situation and circumstance is so you realize that, oh, this isn't just somebody who says, I want <laughs> that you know they got me that published date. Because, <laughs> you know, there is, at heart and soul, I am supporting. I knew you didn't have to be in the chat trying to work this out because I knew I would look up and I would have it even if I'm not looking. So in divine appreciation for all the support, the published date is 1931. So it's been a while is the point. But look, that whenever we see, whenever we are going to be introduced to a miracle, we must set up. It's the different, when you're doing magic, you don't have to set up a need. All you have to do is engage the curiosity, engage some attention. Do you see the distinction? For a miracle, it's not a miracle if there wasn't no need. you like, they got water, but they been had water. Wine, they had plenty of wine. Just because you got some, what, what was that? You must have the need and the need has to be shared in a way that somebody other than you knows that there was a need. Yes? And then what makes it a miracle is they then cure it. They satisfy it. They solve the problem in a way that the same people that knew there was a need now knows there isn't. So the, the, the miracle cannot be a secret either. So you can't heal the blind man that nobody knew was blind. and Because it, it's not a miracle for us. It may be in reality, but we like, he just, uh, we don't know him. Whether he was blind or not, we don't believe you. So you have to start the story really clearly with the desperate need. Yes? Okay. So in the feeding of the 5,000 in John, what you have is you have the, the way the story is set up at this point. I'm getting, because, ooh, ooh, let's just have a retreat this morning. <laughs> yeah, I just realized I have, I'm not even at the point I had planned to be with this at this point. I won't have nearly Okay, let me just center myself and figure out what am I doing? What am I going to do given? I need a miracle. You see, because I really, I need to, either that I have, I have to bend time right in front of y'all. I'm not clear exactly. Ooh-wee, well, let me, let me go with this because this is important for y'all to understand. You, you see the slide yourself. What the master teacher knew is that there is a substance a substance, not a person. There's a substance that he called Abba. And that substance was also, had the feminine side of it is the seed thought. You see, so it's the place where the seed is planted, and it is, it's all of that. It's the substance for all of it. And it's the only real substance. What you find in life and in all these stories, mythology of any origin, but all of these human stories 
always establish there are people who don't know this. There are folks who don't know the law, who don't know the rules, who don't know how it works, and they are living a different kind of life. Then enter somebody who understands the game, who knows what time it is and has a way of operating it. The master teacher knew that the origin of all substance is the very idea of substance. In the beginning was the word, and it was preceded by the idea. Yes? So when our attention is centered on this idea of substance long enough, now this is why we encourage you to take the classes and to attend the services, not every now and then, but every time we have one. It's because it must be sustained focus. If you're just passing through, that's not enough focused attention on the idea of substance in order to have any outcome. Which is why very often practitioners, licensed or otherwise, will tell you that the folks they work with are sure to come back and say, I did that already. Whatever it is, pray, meditate, be still, change your mind, whatever it is, the response is, I've done that already. And what we know is that you have not done it in a sustained way or it would be a different outcome. <sighs> and we're not mad at you about that. We're not blaming you. We're not shaming you. We simply understand how life gets to be the way it is. And without the sustained attention and focus on the divine, your outcome is going to be very different from the ones who have managed to have a focused and intentional attention. You see, the short of it is that this is exactly how the master teacher brought the visibility of the loaves and fishes sufficient to feed 5,000. Now, let's be clear. Metaphysically, we do not, we're not using 5,000 as a count. We're not believing for a moment there were literally 5,000 people. In fact, allow me to say with great respect and honor for the process and the writing, we don't even care how many people. Metaphysically, when they start adding zeros, it's just to let you know it's a bunch of folks. It's not, you know, often scripture will say a certain man, a certain woman, a certain whatever. That means this is a singular, this is specific. When we start adding zeros to it, we're saying not that there was an actual count, but that the number exceeds what you might come up with. The idea here is that do whatever it takes so that your mind is, the, is, is performing. You are training. Come on, this is what we're doing. You are training your mind to be very much like the mind of Christ, the Christ consciousness mind. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know Christ is not a person's name. 
y'all, y'all know that he wasn't like in the homeroom with the Christian Christ people. He wasn't, it wasn't that. Christ is not the last name. So it's a consciousness, it's an, it's an evolved consciousness. And so what we're working to do is to have the understanding such that we begin to think in exactly the same way. Ernest Holmes says that we must believe that there is a power greater than we are to which all things are possible. <laughs> you got to start there. If you don't believe that there is a power greater than you, and you're, you're bad in a good way. You all that, and somebody would say a bag of corn chips. All of that, that would be for the gluten-free people. <laughs> that all of that is true about you, and yet there is that that is greater. Praise God. Yes, thank God that there's something greater than just what I'm up to. No matter how amazing. So this idea is that once we embrace that there's a power greater than I am to which all things are possible and that this power is at the very center of my being, of each of our being, yes, and is connected to our thought. So it's at the center of our being and it's connected to our thought. Now, can I just say that that ought to scare somebody? It's, it's good news. But some of y'all are aware of the quality of your thinking. And when you understand that this power is directly connected to your thinking, you ought to just jump up right now and ask for grace. Right now, just I don't care what she's saying, you either rise up or drop to your knees or just fall right on the floor stretched out asking for forgiveness from yourself. When you understand what you have been doing to you and how you have been commanding your universe out of your misunderstanding of how life gets to be the way it is. <sighs> Looky here. While you're down there, up there, however you decided you're going to reconcile this, <laughs> I'm going to invite you to believe what you feel. And know for, to transition from this, from this state to know that you're right about all the good that you've seen for yourself, for humanity. To, to embrace that and to know that the time will come around when you will literally say that it's yours. You see, while you're in this transition, this intentional transition, I'm inviting you to believe in yourself right from the start, not waiting until something happens, not waiting to you anything. Right 
from the start, believe in yourself. Believe in the magic, the song saying, says. I'm going to change it. Believe in the miracle. Believe in the miracle that's inside your heart. Y'all know I can work the whiz. And so I'm going to offer you this song today. Believe in yourself right now. If you believe within your heart, you'll know that no one can change the path that you must go. is to move into the vastness, the vastness of the divine in mind, in your awareness, in your understanding. The embrace, remember, we are putting on the same mind that the master teacher, Yeshua, had. And so we're, we're forever, and, and we do that in our humanness. There's somebody, there's a mentor, there's a teacher, there's an older cousin 
who is living life in a way that you're dressing like. Or when you, when you start to do your hair or tie your tie or choose your shoes, you're like, oh, older cuz would get those. I'm going to get those because that puts you in the realm of what your vision is for yourself. So that we've done it. It's not like this is foreign to us. The invitation is to begin that look. This notion of trust that we're doing in our summer school session is, but I want to start somewhere just really quickly. And I know, y'all know I, I'm up here trying to bake some baklava and using multiple metaphors and allegories and such. But so now I'm going to just throw in a quick other scripture real quick. Like, we, you know, just we can handle one more from Matthew 6 and 31. Because I want to set this tone right here. Therefore, he said, take no thought. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. So the idea here is that it's not your business. That's your mind activity is to focus on your knowing and trusting the divine and allowing everything else to unfold out of that. Your job is not to make the list. Your job is to know that whatever you have need of is provided and has always been provided. Now, I'm using that. I, I want us to, to stand in that as we move to John 6, all right? So here we have in John 6, and I'm going to ask them just to, to put that slide up for you so that you can see that, that it starts by saying that the master teacher went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And that means that it's this passing over the voluntary energy over the, 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 the choice, I'm going to do what I want to do, to the involuntary that is this notion of I am available to the divine. Does that make sense if I say it that way? Okay, so that's what's happening. That crossing the sea is less about geography than it is about symbolism. It's moving in consciousness from a sense of self-awareness to a sense of capital S, self-divine awareness, is what's happening here. And then it says, and the great crowds were going after him because they saw the miracles that he had done for the sick. So the miracle that's about to unfold is one of supply. What I've been talking about is the healing of the blind. So it, it's the, the, the health healing. This time it's about supply, but it's so that we can get a sense of how does life get to be the way it does? How does this work? So this notion of all the people in the great crowds, that the great multitudes is really an idea of all of the thoughts that are going through our mind. Imagine that you're there and you just did something good. You've done that on the job. You did a little something. You probably don't even know how you did it. But everybody's talking about it. Oh, you sold that, you closed that, you found the solution to whatever it was, and now they're expecting you to do that. Now they come bringing you stuff to do. 
And you like, you don't even know how you did that other thing. You're glad to get credit and the attention, or maybe you aren't. Wherever you are in the humanness of it, this idea of the multitudes following is all of those ideas that we have. What am I going to do now? What are people going to think? Am I even going to be able to do it? There was a time that most many times when I, when I would speak, I would wonder I had my notes, but I knew that that was not supposed to be my talk. I, I, had to, I don't even know how to tell you about that. What I can tell you that I ultimately came to get is that I've never been left. And I had to begin to remind myself of that because my fear and doubt would have me wonder, but what if? <laughs> like, I would have a thought of, like, I often share things that I don't even know where that, well, I do know where it comes from, but I would say in, in company, I don't even know where that came from. And I don't have any, any personal connection to it, and it's not necessarily in alignment with what I've studied. But I will say a thing and have an understanding of it in the moment. I hope that makes sense on some, on some level. But I would... I would often think, you can't say this because you don't know this. You need to research this first. You need to, my mind would be having that. And I finally began to work with me to say, you have never been left. There's never been a time that they mic'd you up and you went out there and went, uh, uh, um, I don't know. There's never been a time what I, have, what I have been willing to do is to make way for truth, whether I know it or not. <clears throat> Please, I left my, and my, <clears throat> so look, the hot, thank you. So look, it says he went up the mountain, so all of this is happening. And you can read it, you can, re thank you, you can read it literally if you want, or you can repent and go beyond. Now, it's not like, believe me, you can sit as well and see what you're guided to read and study and just allow it to be revealed to you. As to how, that's how the folks who wrote the stuff that I read and when I, anyhow, so, uh, look, so this notion of, then it says in verse 3 that the master teacher, Yeshua, went up the mountain and he sat there with his disciples. So again, it's not geography. The mountain is a higher consciousness. So he, so we're someplace always. We're always, you're thinking at a level, and then something has to happen, and you decide, if you're in this practice long enough, you decide, I can either answer it at this level, you know what I mean, the, just where I've been, what I think, and often I will say to people, I really want to know what I think, because it's not relevant. I don't want to know what I think, <laughs> because largely what I think is based on my experience. And I'm not trying to relive my experience. So I'm not that interested in what I think. 
I'm interested in the divine download. And I'm interested in expanding my capacity so that I can deepen that. So that notion of he went up to a mountain is less about a physical location than it is about ra he raised his consciousness. He was getting ready for the thing. And then it said he lifted up his eyes and he saw a great crowd and all of that. That's, that, that's where we're getting, do y'all, have you seen, hmm, how do I say this? For me, often when called to pray, I am moving from whatever I, my consciousness is, whatever my thinking is, to a new realm of thinking. And I have to change my posture. I literally have to. I tend to, what I learned about me is, it, no, that, I'm not even, no. I believe we all do something. When you're called on to give the answer in school or in whatever to work or whatever it is, there's a something. I don't know if you, show, if you grew up in my house, you put those shoulders back and you stand up straight. You look people in the eye. In another culture, you don't do that. But there's something you do do. And that's what he was up to. This notion of lifted up his eyes is less about rolling his eyes than it is about going to that posture. That <clears throat> that sense of self. And here's what's important. Because it's, it, it is exalting self. Not, not in an egotistical, narcissistic way at all. How you gonna speak a powerful word if you ain't powerful? I mean, I just have to ask the question. So I know that there are, there are those ideas that you would just, uh, um, y'all know I left a whole other way of study where I was a lay leader and involved and believing until the day I had begun this study, this, this kind of study too, and I thought it was supplementing and it was benefiting my life. And then one Sunday in the service, we were reciting, and I heard me for the first time in my life, and I had done this for decades, when I heard me say, I am not so worthy as to gather up the crumbs under thy table. And I gasped. And I don't know what I did physically, you know, for anybody looking at me, but I sat down. In my consciousness, I said, I have, it was an out-of-body experience. I was like, when did that, when did they put that in the recitation? Because the book was printed. We just got the book out every Sunday, and we opened it, or it was in the program. It's been so long now, I don't really remember. But I know we were reading it. It was not nothing I had memorized, although I probably had on some level. But I'm reading it. We were all reading it. There was just this chorus. I am not so worthy as to gather up the crumbs under that table. But I could no longer believe that. I could no longer even say it without choking. So from then on, I now tend to speak from a more exalted place. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I've changed my mind. 
I'm looking up in, in the words of Scripture. So the master teacher had to look up from a place of, oh, Lord, this is too much. I don't know that I'm going to be able to do this. You can't start there. Some of us think that's cute, where we start first denying that we'll be able to do it because then we set the expectation. You, you see what you do? Oh, I won't be able to do that. That'll be too much. I just, I haven't had the experience. Oh, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and then we do it, and, we, and people should just be, oh, I didn't know. You said you couldn't, but look what you... But I want you to know it flies in the face of what we're teaching. Because if, in fact, you're putting on the mind of the divine, then you're going to have to do this different. You're going to have to own that you have some more knowing. You're going to have to own the truth of your being. Yes. Oh, okay, so there's obviously going to be a part two to this. Obviously. Because um, cause, cause we only got the first five, and we got more to go. Okay, so uh, look at here. In, oh, Lord, I already got, okay. We're not gathered to, <laughs> this is not the subcommittee for the Sunday sermon, is it? Okay, so what I'm going to do then is I'm just going to close here. I'm just going to close here. I'm going to close here. <clears throat> and let me see if there's, no, that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. I'm not even going to try to put a bow on it. I'm just going to know that, I'm going to know that you know that when you step to it, I'm going to know that you know that when you step to it, when you take off the shackles of less thanness, of not of undeservability, doubt and fear, when, when you let that go, it'll be a brand new day. I'm going to know that you know that what's on the other side of playing small is a brand new day. Today is a whiz Sunday. Come on with it. A brand new day. Everybody look around. Cause there's a reason to rejoice, you see. Everybody come out. Let's commence to sing and joyfully. Everybody look up.
perception of suicides, leaving an artery parted from metacarpal to armpit. And I know which life is sharpest, but I'm kind of creative. I chose the life of the artist, so I could die any day. Now this time to quiet at his auction, unlike the violent volcano. Finally came from the cadence arranged in an essay market. The trying to die, then there's dying, you're trying your heart. Is this killing yourself by filling your heart? No fighting the hardship, never know when if it's working. Never know when if the circuits of the current order could be shortened or a new circuit started. I connected as they are to keep us anxious and depressed and feeble hearted. Make it even harder if we try to change them. Keep an impressive image like isn't she blessed? Keeping depression hidden by hit and refresh. Keep insisting the efforts are hard as they are. I'm not Martin, sweetheart. I'm just sentenced to death. Keep a minute for breath and give yourself a break. It's a brand new day, but is you witnessing it, babe? No, then give yourself a break. It's a brand new day, but are you witnessing it? Early morning overdosed on antihistamine. Lighter than lilies on a river drifting listlessly. I tiptoe as I float like it's Christmas Eve. And I'm sneaking to peek like, oh, what kind of gift is this? The gift is you. The gift is forever. The gift is eternal. The gift grows in your soul. And your soul is fertile. Watches of blooms, made golds and myrtles. And impossibly gold, golds, pinks, and purples. When your heart hurts, it's hard work to realize it's artwork. But when you get the picture, you see light like a sparkler. Dozens of colors illuminated and electric. Wondering, bubbling hues arrange the spectrum. But it's you, it's a human nature reflected, respected, and be yourself as beautiful. So when you do it, so that you will do the way you do the world. Hey, and see that it's a brand new day. Hey. you to know that I love you and I am absolutely holding the highest vision for all of us, embracing a world that works for all in ways that, we, that we've not yet even fathomed for how we can be with and for each other. And so once again, to we center ourselves as we, as we end our, our service together. As we claim a brand new day right now. Brand new thinking. Brand new awareness. Brand new willingness. Brand new availability. 
even though we possibly, let me stand in the gap, even though I recognized long ago that there is one life, the life of the divine, the whole perfect and complete nature of source, even though I recognized that long ago, there's a brand new recognition right now. I'm standing in a brand new awareness of the divine, actively expressing in and as me, actively expressing as the world in all of it. I'm speaking this word from an awareness of what is or what I've been told is happening in Afghanistan from what I've been told is happening in Haiti and in the Caribbean, from what I know is happening in Oakland and the surrounding community, from those that do not currently have housing, many of whom have not had housing or anything that they could call housing for so long. For our veterans, who we have not held in, in a place of love and respect and honor for all that they have, have done on behalf of, of us. That I lift up my awareness of all of that and I stand in deference to the divine. I know that there is that, that I, for all my knowing and all my understanding, I know I don't know the whole story. I know I don't know, nor do I need to know. What I must know is that my heart is open. I must know that my mind is open to performing in the way, to acting, to, to, to move in the way of Christ consciousness. Let this mind be in me so that I think in ways that are productive, so that I speak in ways that are creative, so that I love in ways that are healing and revealing of the divine presence of the all in all, the living one, the strong one, the mighty I am presence, that by any name, Jehovah Allah, by any name, the nature is still love. Divine love overflowing, healing, revealing, transforming. I just give thanks. I give thanks for this opportunity for us to be together. I give thanks for our willingness to expand our consciousness our awareness of what is and thus what is possible. I give thanks for the divine unfoldment of the highest intention present. I give thanks for the truth revealed to us this day. I give thanks for the divine energetic, for all the support I give thanks for the healing that has already taken place and that that is bubbling up to the surface and that that is, is future in its actualization. Oh, I give thanks for the divine continuity of God and the goodness that is God. So it is an absolute perfect gratitude that I just let go, that I let it be, that I know that it's done and done 
dwell in the divine. So I release this word. Knowing that it's done. Done before I spoke it. That I'm speaking it for my own benefit, for my own edification. That that I might wrap my mind around what is already so. I let it be. and every one of us, the safety, the love, the joy, the peace, the security in life, in love, in God, and so it is. Amen. Ashe. Love truly is.